welcome to the Age of Plastic podcast. I hope you are well. This is an environmental podcast from me, Andrea Fox, just your average consumer, guys. And I'm talking to guests who are doing things more sustainably. We have an eco life hack at the end of today's podcast, as always. And thank you for listening during lockdown. Strange times and nice that I'm able to keep talking to our guests remotely. Uh, If you have any comments about the podcast, don't be a stranger. I've got all of the contacts to come and have a chat with me. Drop me an email, drop me a message on social media uh, in the show notes wherever you are listening. Now today... We hear from friend of the podcast, Daniel Webb. Now, I spoke to him back at the end of 2018 about the year that he'd spent collecting all of his plastic. If you want to listen again, I have put that show in the notes wherever you are listening right now. All that plastic, 22 bags in fact, turned into a personal plastic blueprint. Also, a mural down in his hometown of Margate and a report put together with the scientist Dr Julie Schneider giving a snapshot of one person's plastic waste and it gave Daniel Webb a unique drive to help others cut down on their plastic waste. So that leads us to why I'm chatting to him again today, the Everyday Plastic Survey Lockdown Edition. Uh, Daniel Webb from Everyday Plastic is here via the wonder of the internet to explain more. So we should start off by saying, Dan Webb from Everyday Plastic, you are the first person to be on the podcast twice. Wow. Return guest for the first time. Do feel odd. (laughs) Um, So it's lovely to have you back. I think when we were chatted chatted last time, you were sort of hinting that there were other things that you wanted to do with Everyday Plastic, which brings us on to the survey which you've started. So tell us a bit about this. Yeah, so uh, I launched this survey. Well, when when I last came on the, the show... That was, I think it was over a year ago. It was a long time ago now. Yeah. So my plans were to try and launch them that could, that everyone could take part in. So obviously I'd done this weird experiment where I'd saved every plastic, every piece of plastic I used for a year, analyzed it all. The whole process had taken almost two years to, to complete. And I wanted to offer someone or anyone really the opportunity to, to have that same experience, a concentrated version. So without having to save all your plastic for a year and spend six months analyzing it, writing a book about it. We had the methodology and the data and the formula to offer this to people very quickly, essentially just applying their own plastic waste to to the formula that we developed. Um, And the reason really was to, to offer people the same experience as me was really because everything had changed for me over that year. I'd, um, the amount of plastic that I was using had completely reduced. Um, my approach to consumption had completely changed. And to be honest, I'd had, had a very different outlook on life. Um, the, you know, I started, started to understand the interconnectedness of, of, of things, you know, um, the fossil fuel industry, climate change, um, marketing in supermarkets it was like you know being in the matrix and you can sort of see through all the all the all the code um, so being being able to offer someone someone the same experience um, but collecting for a week was 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 something that I felt could be appealing um, so I'd spent the last year so most of 2019 developing this trialing it um, building some networks and taking it to to businesses and funders to to you know to to see if there's there's opportunities to work together 
Um, my plan was to launch it uh, later this year, um, but obviously this, uh, this little uh, global pandemic seems to have uh, got in the way of that. Small blip, just a small blip, yeah. Um, so, that it, I mean, at first I was kind of like, well, this is the end of everyday plastic. Um, you know, this is, you know, we're not, we're not going to be able to get any funding. No one's going to be wanting to talk about the plastic problem after this. Everyone's going to have got bigger things on their plate. Um, but I just thought, let's try and, you know, while everyone's at home, kids are at, kids are at home, let's try and run this online as a, as a sort of Zoom workshop, essentially. Um, so I put something out on social media, on an email, and we had a, like a really brilliant response to it. Um, loads of people signing up, loads of people just wanting to, you know, have, have something to do to stay occupied, keep the kids occupied. Um, so, so yeah, we've, we're running this, uh, this uh, lockdown edition of the Everyday Plastic Survey uh, as, as we speak. So people are collecting their plastic waste this week. Next week, we are going to analyse it. So everyone is going to separate, count and categorise their plastic waste that they've saved this week. Then they'll record what they've used, send the data back to me, uh, and then I'll process it and every person who's taken part will get their own individual plastic footprint that's personalized to them. And the main thing here is, or the sort of the key outcomes, firstly, we want to help people reduce what plastic they're using at home, um, usually at work, at school, wherever they are. Um, we want to help people to understand the plastic problem a bit better. I believe that um, similar to, to me, really, I now have a much better understanding of the plastic problem purely because I've got a very personal connection to it. I've seen what I've thrown away over the course of a year and I understand where all of these individual items will end up. And I think that's really been very important to, to change how I, how I feel and how I consume. And finally, really just to help people to get active and share what they, what they learn. Everyone gets their own personalized plastic footprint. People can send this out on social media. They can discuss it with their family or their friends. Um, so it really is trying to, to get people talking about it as much as, much as anything. Mm. The survey's like full, isn't it? So how many people have you got taking part? So we've got 100 people taking part. So... You know, ideally, you know, we could have had more, which would have been, which would have been fine. Um, would have been overrun with people going, is this plastic? Is this plastic? Is yeah, this plastic? So, so, so yeah, exactly. So there, there are limitations, obviously, on my capabilities of uh, handling it over Zoom. Yes. Um, dealing, you know, I think a lot of us have had Zoom, Zoom chats and where everyone's talking over each other and, you know, questions aren't getting answered. So it's really just to manage, manage that process. Um, also I think a, I think a hundred is a, is a really nice round number. Uh, if we, you know, I, I think people potentially could be collecting anywhere between 50 and 250 pieces of plastic per week. So if we, if we sort of average that out, we could be looking at almost 10,000 pieces of plastic to analyze, which is brilliant because obviously it can help people to identify where they can make those those changes 
if they've got items that they can easily swap or for alternatives, then we want to highlight those. Um, but also, you know, this is 10,000 pieces of plastic. It's a snapshot of what 100 people are throwing away over the course of a week. And that data we, is, the, is what we want to share with uh, government. We want to share with businesses. We want to say, look, this is how much plastic this group threw away in one week. This was, you know, there's this many water bottles, this much would get recycled, this much was food and drink packaging, this much was single-use packaging. So being able to really represent um, the public very authentically and honestly is very important to, to this project. Yeah, and I think like you were just saying, once you had that data, once you had the evidence in front of you, you couldn't ignore all of the plastic that you used. And like you said yourself, it was life-changing. And I think a lot of people go, oh, I really want to cut down on my plastic, but da, 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 da. it's easy to kind of let that slip to the back of your mind. But if you have literally a one week's worth laid out in front of you as a little, like you say, snapshot, is that is the point where I think people will have a similar experience that you had, right? And they'll go, okay, I eat too many crisps or whatever. <laughs> Sorry to bring up your crisp packets. But like you say, you can sort of, <laughs> you can go, right, okay, we can cut back on this, we can cut back on that. I didn't know that wasn't recyclable, all of that kind of thing. Um, and I guess like we're talking over the wonder of Wi-Fi, 4G, 5G, none of which cause coronavirus. Um but coronavirus has kind of made you innovate in a way to bring down the lockdown version of this. So are you planning on using all of this data and maybe coming back with another survey down the line? Or is this is this kind of actually, you're going to roll with what you have from this sample? That's a good question. So the plan, the plan was always to, to carry on working on this throughout the year. So trialling it essentially. Is, so this is sort of still in its trial phase. Mm. Where I'm running it you know i'm i'm sort of directing the workshops and um and you know being very present and the process is is a lot longer because sort of i'm involved the the end goal is to to build this platform that's online that anyone can sort of do without me being there uh and it's sort of manages itself so the idea was to launch this as a nationwide campaign um, we were going to run this potentially in October. We'll probably move that to sort of April next year now, potentially. Um, but yeah, the the idea was to get as many people involved. You know, we really wanted to get schools, businesses, community groups involved in this. We, we, it's, a, it's a brilliant project for, yeah. for school kids. It really is. I've tried. I've trialed it with with a number of different schools, and it and it really works well. Excellent homeschooling project, isn't exactly. it? Excellent. That, that's what I thought. So I thought, um, yeah, like I say, I, th I think a lot of businesses, social enterprises, you know, very tiny com community interest companies like me, which is you know one, two, three people, or even less. Um, will struggle and I, I was worried about what was going to happen I put in a lot of work to everyday plastic and it was you know it was my life it's sort of my livelihood I'd, I'd sort of quit doing my previous job freelancing as, as uh, doing freelance marketing um to to really invest myself in this and it, you know it's not it doesn't turn around very much money but it can help it makes me live mm, which is important and this is the thing I keep worrying about we need to keep going and we need to, we need to earn. It's, it's and yeah, so, I mean, this isn't going to, to, to earn 
anything. It's, I mm. suppose it's not, it's not about the, the money, but it's more about um, being able to survive when we're at the other end as, as much as it is helping, helping people during this, this lockdown period. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was very much thinking, thinking on my feet and I'm really, really glad that I've done it because to have a hundred people taking part in it is way more than I, than I thought I was thinking, you know, 10 or 15 to start with. So to have a hundred people involved is, is brilliant. And it just sort of demonstrates the, that people are still, still really care about this issue, which I think is, is, is brilliant. Um, so once we are out and you know things are trying to sort of recover and we're getting back to normal this this can help provide um you know edu- edu- projects for for schools and businesses and and you know we we really need to try and pick up where we where we left off with this with this problem we can't allow fossil fuel industries and petrochemical companies and plastic producers to to use this to their advantage Mm. i think that's really really important to you know ppe and the single use plastic debate are completely separate yeah Uh, so i think it's important that we, we we carry on where where we left off and i think for all campaign groups and social enterprises and businesses doing similar work, I think let's let's just keep our heads and try and try and adapt to the situation. I think that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, there's so many interesting points there. You're so right. Like this is going to be such a wonderful influencer on people, and all those hundred people will go and tell, or you know, that kids' school and all that kind of stuff. Um, and touching on the PPE, I've mentioned it a lot on the podcast uh, since the coronavirus. I have no time for this. Humans are the virus when people are dying i think you met the medical sort of area of things is where plastic has really been revolutionary but we are going to have to start again and how much how wonderful would it be if when we pick up and start to get back to some kind of normality we could do things better you know which is exactly the point you were making absolutely i think that's a, a, a really good point um i hope that this sort of period you know we have to try and take the positives from it you know as much as it's it's a very dark and scary time yeah. everyone's at home everyone has slowed down and i think that should offer some time for sort of reflection um and um to to address things that perhaps we hadn't done before plastic use is one of them let's let's have a look at plastic bottles for example surely no one should be buying plastic water bottles i see people when i'm doing my socially distanced queue at the supermarket me and my husband are like why are all these people leaving with plastic bottles it's madness yeah we're at home now we don't need on the go cheap convenient plastic water bottles and people talk about the taste and i'm like oh it's so privileged yeah i know i know (laughs) it's silly so i think this is this is this is what it really should should help people do Mm. um you know we look at companies like milk and more riverford abel and cole fruit and veg delivery boxes aren't taking on any new customers which shows that people are using these Mm. these services which hopefully can carry on again throughout the other side because it's it's better it's easier it's but it's generally better quality produce um so again this this project really is just purely designed not to completely wipe out your use of plastic because let, let's be realistic that's that's not um 
very achievable during these times and beyond really but what if you could change two three four items that you use um in a week those water bottles fruit and veg um what about uh your, you know making sure you don't have carrier bags trying to cut down on your crisps if you can i know it's hard believe me i've tried but what about you know th- there's certain things that you can try and what we try to do is scale up your consumption so if if you threw away the same amount that you did this week for a year this is what it would look like and what if everyone in the country or every household in the country threw away the same amount as you how big would that number be and really is if if everyone stopped using one piece of plastic per week every household that's 27 million households in the country it would save billions from being thrown away per year just that one product so if it's that plastic water bottle if it's you know trying to cut down on the amount of milk bottles that you buy using glass milk bottles instead it it really depends on what fits into your lifestyle and your budget but it can be done and those you know it's it's really just to demonstrate that that one item can make such a big difference so yeah. Yeah, I think that's totally, I mean, we, we're being told we can make such a big difference just by staying at home now. If you have that data in front of you going, just use a sham- shampoo bar or a soap bar and you'll save this many tonnes. I think that's a really powerful message uh, for people. I'm very excited to be taking part in the survey as well. Although I am disappointed because I can't get to my normal zero waste shops because they're too far. It's not an essential travel. So I'm having to buy things I wouldn't normally that come in plastic. So don't judge me because I think my plastic is going to be a little bit higher this week week than normal weeks okay but i think that's an interesting um i think that would be in- interesting and it would be it'd be good you know once once we're through this for you guys to to do this again and see what what you've taken from the survey and what you do in normal life as well um and you, you like your zero waste shops that you buy in bulk or you know it's the same for me i'm believe me i'm collecting my plastic this week as well good you're number one in the survey. I'm number one hundred, I think. <laughs> Booking it, ending the hundred. It's it's going to be it's it's hard, you know. I we've bought, you know, I opened two packs of mustard yesterday, so they've got the seals around them. They're both in there. Um, a bag of prawn crackers that we've had in the cupboard for three, four months that we just opened yesterday, and now that's that's in the that's in the in the bag. So, and plus we've got we've got nappies. Yes, I was going to go on to this because since we spoke last time, you've got a very small new housemate in the house, haven't you? Yeah, so, little seven week old. Oh, congratulations! Um, I know when you posted about this, you were like, "I don't really know anything about what plastic might come into my life now." Seven weeks in, have you had any revelations? Yeah, I mean, I think for for a young baby like we've got, I don't think they're particularly wasteful. I think the one thing that, uh is the big one is the nappies mm. um so we've we've got reusable nappies um and we've got disposables uh we've tried both the reusables will use um as much as we can um they need you know we don't have enough to be honest at the moment and a lot of them leak <laughs> which i'm sure is, is what I've, um you know, many people in the same position would have would have found as well the disposable nappies they end engineering on them is just unbelievable you know they they take they absorb so much they keep everything in so they are they are i see i get the appeal of them we're not using wet wipes we're not using nappy bags 
Um, what else aren't we using? Um, you know, we're using flannels to dry. So we're, we're trying to reduce as much as we can. Um, you know, there's no food at the moment. The, the food waste is zero. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's no, you know, because, you know, feeding off the boob. Yes, no, I was going to, well, it's just prawn crackers. That, that's essentially <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> feeding one to feed the other. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think the challenges will, will continue, you know, as yeah. they grow older, um, you know, with toys, um, food. And I suppose the the thing that we've been lucky with is that we've we've sort of sourced a lot of things from friends and family, clothes, uh, cots, things like that. We've 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 sort of they're hand me downs as much as possible. Mm. Um, we've bought things from Facebook and eBay that are secondhand, even nappies. Um, wow. So so it can it can be done, and mm. I I would never preach about this to anyone because I know how difficult it is and I know how time poor new parents are as well. I think it's just trying to find a, I would, you know, I would recommend trying to find somewhere where you can reduce your waste, no matter what it is. Um, and uh, you know it's it's a, it's a very tricky yeah. one yeah and it's like you say it's not preachy it's not judgy any of this survey any of the things you've done with everyday plastic it's just laying it out for people to see giving people the data so they can be influenced to make those choices that you've made in your life and it'll be the same with with the new one as well exactly yeah so i think that's that, again good point preachy you know, finger pointy, that's not our bag. Um, no. I even hate when people are like, look at all these people who are outside. I'm like, you are outside as well. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give it a rest. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> like people, people like to sort of look at things from the sort of inside out. Whereas I think the only way we're going to get through this is, is not by finger pointing, by, you know, treating supermarkets as if they're puppies, rewarding good behaviour. Um, you know, giving them a pat on the back. It's, it's, not, an, it's not an easy thing to get through. Um, and I don't feel that the supermarket or people who work at supermarkets are inherently evil. Um, you know, we've all benefited from, you know, the convenience of supermarkets. So now it's just trying to work with them, um, you know, on a, on a sort of big sort of um, executive board level, I suppose, but also locally as well. A lot of local supermarkets will be able to make decisions quicker than if you sort of write to head office. So perhaps just, you know, if you have a local supermarket near you, kind of badger them about, you know, uh, fruit and veg being loose. You know, our Morrisons here in Margate has, you know, reacted quite quickly to people's requests. So uh, they were one of the first to sort of have uh, to accept uh, putting meat in Tupperware, meat or fish or salad. So it's 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 just being able to, um, you know, if you're that way inclined, I don't expect everyone to be like, hey, can I speak to the manager, please? <laughs> We're not all Karens. Um, but yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's asking those questions, isn't it? Feeling like you can go, is this a thing that can happen? And I think Morrison's are local as Morrison's and I think they're still family owned. So sometimes that they give a bit more power to local stores. Like you say, not every supermarket is the same, is it? Um, so that that's really interesting. We always ask our guests, um, we always ask our guests two questions. You've been on before, so I wanted to remind you of your uh, questions last time. We asked your favourite uh, non-single use plastic item. It was your laptop. Is that still still correct? Um, I feel like I should say something else. Um, <laughs> well, we were talking about um, razor blades. 
Yes, so we were. I'll, I'll say, I'll say my, um, I've got, a, yeah, I still have a disposable razor blade, which I used to shave my, shave my bonts, and, <laughs> uh, my beard. So I, I don't think I, I've tried the, the, the sort of the, the reusable ones and that does not work on, on my, on my very yeah. tight head so it, it does look good it does look good on our little zoom chat i have to say um i my ankles definitely wish that i i maybe hadn't gone for the uh james bond razor style stuff but yeah excellent um also your environmental hero do you remember who you said last time I do it was um steve mcpherson wasn't it yes it, it was, was local artist to margate um so i feel like again i should change who who could that be um God, there's loads. Um, oh, bless you. So many more people you've met in the past two years. With exactly. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say a previous guest of yours. I'll go um, Ella. Who oh, I was thinking of Ella when you were talking about the supermarkets. Yes. period plastic mm. uh, campaign. So I think she's done brilliantly over, yeah. the last, um, over the last year. And she had lots of accolades. So I'll chuck her another one. Can I have a second hero? Yes. Okay, it's another previous guest of yours, Amanda Keatley from Less Plastic, whose work I've always admired. Um, it's really clear, straightforward information about the plastic problem. And I've actually just launched a new More Nature campaign, which I really urge anyone to go and check out as well. Amazing. And I'm glad to hear that you didn't say nappies instead of your laptop. <laughs> it's your favourite plastic item this time. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for joining me on the Age of Plastic podcast. Thanks, Andrea. Seven-week-old baby, and I can tell you he did not even look that tired on the video chat. Well done, him. If you do want to find out more, this survey is full, but you can read the report that Dan created at everydayplastic.org, where you can also donate and sign up to the newsletter to keep an eye out for that post-lockdown survey, likely next spring. And, of course, a follow how the lockdown survey goes too and see how much plastic I really use. Okay, on to today's eco life hack. Eco household brand Delphis and former podcast guests, full of former podcast guests today, First Mile Recycling, they have put out a report asking us to save our plastic bottle closures. Now, basically, the COVID 19 pandemic has apparently disrupted supplies from manufacturing locations in China and northern Italy. So, if you're about to finish something with a plastic trigger, a pump, or a cap, save them along with their bottles and return them to First Mile through their recycling box scheme. These tend to be the kind of products that have two kinds of material anyway, so likely they won't be recycled in your curbside recycling. As always, the links are in the show notes. And don't be a stranger. I've put all my contacts and the socials for the podcast in the show notes as well. Have a little search wherever you are being social online for Age of Plastic podcast. On the next episode, I'm going to be talking fashion and furloughing. Don't pretend we knew what it was at the start of the year. Sophie Slater is going to be joining me from the brilliant sustainable fashion brand Birdsong. But until then, wash your hands, maintain social distance and stay home. 